Welcome. You're listening to the Equine Photographers Podcast, the place to learn from top equine professionals around the world as they share their experience and knowledge on what it takes to be an accomplished equine photographer. Now your hosts, Peter DeMott and Gigi Embricks. So today we are going to interview Tracy Elliott Reap. Um, she has a very unique uh, business model and traipses across the world on her horse and tells stories about it. But there's, I'm sure, a lot more to it than that. Uh, Tracy, this is Peter DeMott. And this is Gigi Embricks. How are you doing, Tracy? Hello. Hello, Peter. Hello, Gigi. Hello. Yes, I'm doing yes. well, thanks. Okay. Great. So we're your we're your hosts for this podcast, and uh, you know we we always start out with the one thing is how did you get involved with horses and photography, and is you know did the horse come first or the photography come first or what? <laughs> well, the ponies came first. Uh huh. Because so, I grew up on Dartmoor National Park here in Southwest England, and I can't even remember when I first started riding. So, but I remember riding bareback um, after primary school. So I would walk back and just go to the field with a bridle and jump on bareback and gallop around the place, falling off a lot. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, and then playing cowboys and Indians, even here in Southwest England. But that was a dream, that was a dream, you know, when I was six or seven, to be a cowboy and Indian. And that's how I got to ride from Mexico to Canada. So certainly dreams do come true. So actually it was the ponies that came first, you know, way back in my very beginnings. And we did So where did the like, photography come in? Um, the photography didn't come in for a while because I went off to school and I wasn't very good academically. My mother um, directed me to art college, and so I was going to become a fine artist, uh, and I applied to do a degree in fine art, but I got turned down, and so I saw an advert to work in a traveling circus. So I joined the traveling circus, and I looked after um, Arab and Shetland stallions uh, with a few other animals like camels and llamas, and I traveled around the south of England in this traveling circus. And so I was sketching then. I was still sketching. Um, and it wasn't till I did other various jobs that somewhere along the line, I picked up a camera and I thought, oh, this is kind of handy. This is much quicker than sketching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially digital. It's very quickly. Um, Gigi, it took me a while to get into digital. I think everybody else has moved into digital before I... Maybe I'm just a traditional, you know, I was using transparency. Oh, I think I moved in in 2006 to digital and, wow, it sure is is handy, especially when you're doing my travels across, you know, continents on horseback because I can teach somebody to take pictures within a matter of minutes and then I can get some pictures of me on my horses. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's great. Are you still doing travels like that? Um, my last travel, um, big travel, was um, in 2011. That was from Greece. I brought a couple of Greece po- Greek ponies, and I traveled um, across Greece, across Italy, 
over the Alps to Switzerland, over the Alps to France. And then I was going to come back to England, you know, so we're heading north. But I felt in my heart that I should be heading south. And it was, oh, God, well, where am I going? And then I found this old Camino Trail. So in September then, I started heading southwest, down through France and then across the Pyrenees. And then I turned um, west um, across northern Spain to Santiago and then Finisterre, which was in the, you know, um, medieval times was considered the end of the world. And then I brought <laughs> those ponies back to England. But that was a five-month trip. Oh, and yeah. And that was my latest one. Wow. That's quite a trip. So how do you fund these and how do you – are you making a living as a – Storyteller, photographer, or what, what's what's going uh, on? I would, I would I would say it's making a living as a photographer to start okay. with. Okay, and I began my business here on Dartmoor. I'd worked for magazines in London, freelancing, and then one of the major magazines I worked for went bust and owed me a lot of money. And I just thought I don't want to work for people anymore. I would like to work for myself. And I had it on my heart to do postcards because I live in a very scenic place in Dartmoor National Park. And so I began with six postcards and I lived in a, uh, a small caravan that is like, not like American caravans, they're like about 10 foot by 8 foot. Um, a small caravan um, on the edge of the moor and it was really through faith and hard work. I never borrowed money, but I just kept at it and doing the photography and then marketing the postcards. And then I increased to a few more postcards and I lived off. I can remember one stage trying to live off five pounds wow. a week. So that's about eight dollars <laughs> yeah. a week. And I had a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Which you probably ate the eight, half of the eight dollars. <laughs> yeah. He was a small dog, though. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> but he was my, he was my friend, and it was tough. But I kept on going, and so. How really, how long ago was this? When, when that was twenty three years ago. I started my own business. Okay. And so now my business funds my rides. When and I is it mainly the postcards, or I mean? No, I've, I've gone into greeting cards. I do calendars, greeting cards, and my books now. And I, t- I do tell the stories of my rides around the world. Like recently I was in New Zealand, um, Colorado, and Canada. And mm-hmm. I've got some others lined up here in England next week. Um, I do talks about my adventures, oh. showing my... Showing my photographs because they're very adventurous. Yes, it sounds like you are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if I didn't believe in God, I didn't think I'd be here. All my horses would be around because <laughs> it's hairy sometimes. Um, but, you know, so my business really has paid for my rides. And then when I, I really do these talks because I want, I want to, like, encourage people to live their dreams despite... Mm the obstacles, because we all have obstacles. We all have, you know, hardships. There's nobody who right. does not have, you know, um, obstacles and hardships to sure. um, 
you know, if they're a human being. But despite that, I, I speak of my own life because I was severely dyslexic um, growing up. Well, we and have I that can't. in common. I had the same problem when I was growing oh, up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and it took me a while. I mean, and really like a breakthrough even to be able to speak in public. Uh, so I couldn't read or write till I was a teenager. Yeah. So I was much more um, visual. Mm-hmm. And so I've used that strength and I've overcome. I'm, I'm just improving, you know, with speaking and telling stories. And people do tend to love it and they're inspired to live their own dreams. You know, when they hear of how I have lived my dreams. Right. And sure, not, well, not without struggle, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I always say no one gets to come here for free, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all yeah, have to true. have our challenges. Challenges yeah. and pains. Yeah. So, okay, so, you know, you've got your calendars, your greeting cards, your books, and your talks. You know, as far as making a living in photography, is that everything you do, or do you do uh, portrait settings and and different things like that, or commercial work anymore at all? No, I'm very focused now on on producing my own on my own business, which is you know the postcards, the greeting cards, the notelets, the calendars, uh, and the books, the travel books with horses, and my talks. You know, in the spring, I did 20 talks all in a row, so I thought I'll take the summer off and concentrate. I have a um, concentrate on my business here, and then also I'm doing a, a book set of children's books about oh. my Dartmoor pony um, called Rainbow, and it's with photographs, like learning to read, photographs and some sketches and watercolors and then is rainbow and her farmyard friends so rainbow is my pony and she goes and meets various friends like the pigs the cows um the huh. dog yeah. and so then they each have they each have a story and uh next week we have a local fair here and I have a stand, and we show the ponies, and, you know, they have dog um, races. And, and so next to my marquee where I'm selling my product, I have my mare in foal, and I have this big poster I'm making, coming soon, rainbow, and, you know, have farmyard friends. Yeah, that's <laughs> and this great. is rainbow oh. in person. You know? <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, it's good fun, you know. It's good fun. And if you... I did children's books way back, um, but really for a publisher. So now I'm publishing my own at the moment, and uh, I, I enjoy. Is that true of all your books? That you're publishing all your books alone, or or do you have publishers? I am the- at the moment, yes, because I worked for a children's publisher, like gosh, about sixteen or seventeen years ago, and I did a series of children's books. But they were all for an international children books publisher. And so when did I start the books? I started my horseback travels um, about 11 years ago. No, no, the first one was when I rode through New Zealand. Um, I arrived there with a friend I met in Michigan while teaching English-style horse riding. 
and mm. she'd come from Scotland. And so anyway, we had the dream to ride through New Zealand. And we arrived there after paying for the airfare with 60 pounds, which is just over $100. And a You dream. are quite adventuresome. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I love but that. People laughed at us. It's said, like a, I mean, a dollar and a dream. Yeah. Well, just about, yeah. But you know what? I've got faith. I've got faith. And and you know what? People laughed at us and they said, you two pommy sheilas. That is a expression that Australia, Australians use for us English. Um, you'll that? never do it. And we said, we believe, you know, when people say you won't do it, it gives you like, huh. Um, and we believe all things are possible with God. Yeah. And we set about putting our faith into action. So we did fruit picking jobs and we were saving, you know, for to buy our own horses. And the trip was amazing. It was amazing. And I, I think it was each of my trips and I've done, um, I've done four or five major rides each of my trips are special in their unique way. Oh, I bet. But the one in New Zealand was like doing it on a shoestring and wow, <laughs> it was an adventure. And we we ended up crossing the Southern Alps for a New Zealand Geographic magazine. <laughs> and it was really rough. And the history had it, you know, that the people were bogged down and they discovered gold and people drowned and... Anyway, we went across and we had slash floods and we had the whole works too. And it was like, oh gosh, God, we did arrive bedraggled on the West Coast. Mm, My. Um, But it made a good story, but I wouldn't want to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Did you find news? Which country did you find the most difficult to travel by horseback? I think, you know, the trips I've done is uh, in order New Zealand. And then I came down from the top of Scotland to Land's End, and I did some ride, um, fundraising for riding for the disabled. I didn't use any of the fundraising money for my own expenses, but I just all the money I raised went to riding for the disabled. Then I went round Southern Ireland, which was a lot of fun, on my Highlands, Scottish Highland ponies. Then... I rode from Mexico to Canada. Yeah, that that must have been something because the Rocky that, Mountains are quite high. Yeah, well, we were traveling like at ten over ten thousand feet a lot of the time. Mm. You know, the American, the West, the West there, the people were very hospitable. They're ranchers, and you know, and like they're horse people, a lot of them. Yes. So, so that was even though you know there were the rattlesnakes and the drug smugglers and the people with guns mm. and. Um, the snakes, yeah, and the bears and the mountain lions. Um, <laughs> it, it was, I, I camped rough, you know, I just camped where I could. Yeah. And it was a fabulous adventure. Um, and then I got to the Connect Canada. I think the toughest one with horses would have been the most recent one, and that was traveling through Europe because... Oh, it's crowded, right? It's crowded. There are <laughs> tunnels. There's no way around the tunnels. There's you know, the traffic, the the problems in Greece, um, you know, there were riots and strikes and by the grace of God I got through Greece in one piece and my ponies and then Italy, um, I didn't speak all these languages so it was like that was an extra challenge 
and I got chased by motorbikes in this olive grove in Greece. And people were saying, beware, you know, these are hard times. Um, because the Albanians were coming in, the Romanians, the North Africans. And, you know, people were desperate. They were desperate times. So I got through Greece um, to Italy, and it was it, it was tough with the tunnels, like, and the mountains, you know, very steep mountains. And then got over into Switzerland, and, oh, my ponies learned to be mountain goats. Mm. because I traveled on, like, just tracks, footpaths, really. They weren't horse paths, but if I couldn't, didn't want to take, like, the motorways, and so that means I had to cross the mountains, and I'd have to unpack all my packs and drag them up and then take one pony at a time and try and get momentum so they didn't slide backwards. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yes, it was. Oh, God, help. Oh, my. Tell us a little bit more about the actual books that you've written. Um, Does all of this stuff, I mean, getting chased by people on motorbikes and snakes and all this stuff, does that all make it into the book, or is it more uh, inspiration? and? No, no, they're they're real life stories. These these mm-hmm. rides, all the grit gets in there. That's yes. Oh, that's yes, because great. it really helps people. You know, to I have people write back to me and say, oh, you know, that's really encouraged me, and this is the dream I've got, and and it doesn't because it's not an easy walk in the park. It prepares right. people that you know if you're going to live your dream, it's going to be tough, and. You're going to have to persevere, and I always think endurance and perseverance are just major if you want to achieve anything in this life. <laughs> yes, well, especially if you're you, <laughs> especially the, your dreams are, you know, quite, they're amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. Yes. Yeah. But now, so do you, you said something about your faith. Does that make it into the books as well? I mean, how does that, do you put verses in there that reach? Yeah, I put... I put um, verses that really pertain, you know, to the situations I'm going through because I pray for my horses as well, you know, just as much as I pray for myself. And and also I put verses in there and also motivational that are just wholesome, encouraging things, you know, sayings from mm-hmm. like, oh, I just think of one. Eleanor Roosevelt, I think she said this one comes to mind. Women are like tea bags. They only know their own strength when they're in hot water. <laughs> That's a great one, yeah. I, I, I think that can contribute to men too, but it is great. It's a great quote. <laughs> yes, just what, you know, the quote that she said. And, yeah, lots of quotes that I've gathered, you know, as I've traveled around the world, and I think, oh, yeah, that really speaks to me. And yeah. It is coming down to the gut level, though. It is my faith, and that I know all things are possible with God. And um, he put the dreams in us for us to fulfill them. And so he's, he helps me, and this is, like, encouraging, too. So it's not just my own grit and determination, but it's my faith, you know, that this is very strong and gets strengthened on the way. Yes, um, I know. You know, when you're 
horses take off and things dragging trees and through forests and so when one horse up in the Wyoming he was quite flighty because he was a quarter horse cross thoroughbred so he was quite highly strung and how I met them was I had this feeling I was riding for America it was like I was saying well god where am I going to ride for America and somebody lent me this video based on a true story about when the U.S. government was introducing more vehicles to replace the horses, they mm. ordered, I think, several hundred horses to Mexico to be shot. And this oh. is a true story. The soldier and officer, they, they took their horses because they couldn't bear it, and they took them north into the Rocky Mountains. But it was huh. when the soldiers asked the officer, they said, where are we going? When he said, Canada, my heart leapt, and I thought, oh, my gosh, God. We're riding to Canada. <laughs> and so then I said, well, where am I starting for? And I reckoned it was Texas. And I met somebody talking about tigers in India. And then he, he happened to do the bird migration in the Big Bend. And he said, you, you won't want to start there. It's too far south. And I thought, oh, it's got my curiosity up. And because of being a photographer, I looked on the Internet and I said, you bet I would like to start here because it's so scenic. Mm. All right. So, I started from there, but the horses was, I met a local Texan chaplain in a local prison here. It's a famous prison, you know, the Dartmoor prison, you know, swirled in mist. Um, well, I met him, and he said his uncle bred quarter horses in East Texas. And so I thought, oh, well, I don't know anybody else in Texas. So I went, dropped by to see him, as you do, and he had this... Um, he had this grey um, who was um, a roping horse, and I thought, well, I don't really need a roping horse, you know, to ride to America. His name was Smokey, and then the other one was a red roan called Pistol. And I thought, really funny names, hey? <laughs> like real Western names, Pistol and Smokey. <laughs> yeah. And the, the red roan, he was seven, and he had hardly done anything. You know, he was pretty green. He hadn't even had shoes on. Oh and when mm. the farrier was shooing him, he said to me, because he was striking out with his front feet, he said, you don't have to take this horse, you know, because he was pretty wild. Mm. And when you look at the pictures in the book, this horse, like a buck and bronco, it's like I thought getting to Canada was a challenge in itself. Let know <laughs> with his wild. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So loads of adventures. You know, my books are just packed and with adventures and often when one when somebody reads one book they like to get the next book and the next book yes i'm definitely know what my husband's getting for christmas because he is he's so intrigued with your story and um yeah he 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 packed mules in the in yellowstone for hunters and that yeah so he thought he said oh i can't wait to hear what she has to say so i'm going to buy a few books for him for christmas Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he'll love it. I know he'll love it because, you know, he likes to hear those adventures. He's had a few himself. So. Oh, I bet. But nothing love- like yours. Nothing like yours. Oh, I love all that stuff. I love all that packing out. You know, I, 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 I love to learn how to do the knots. And- yeah, oh, he's really good at knots. He can tie anything. So maybe one day you'll meet and he'll teach you how to tie knots. For packing. Oh, brilliant. Yes, yes. I'll need a refresher. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I've got this um, 
sawbuck um, pack saddle that I got from America um, with my panniers. And, you know, I had them, those because they were so good in America, because I met this, this guy. Oh, this story was amazing because I'd come from Texas, you know, to New Mexico, and people, the ranger on the Guadalupe said, oh, you're going to have trouble with water, and there's no water north of here. And so I was praying for water, and I couldn't find any that day. And I was saying, okay, God, what's the plan? Um, because it was evening, and my horses need water. And a pickup came about half a mile away with a plume of dust after it. And I was waving, and he didn't stop. He told me afterwards because this was the area of drug smuggling, and they smuggled mm. on horses and donkeys. Um, and then he kept, I kept on waving because I'm thinking, yeah, well, water for horses. And he's thinking, I'm not stopping, you know, just in case there's trouble. Anyway, eventually he did. He backed back slowly. And in my English accent, I said, are you a local? You know, can you help me find water? And in his Texas drawl, he said, <laughs> he said, I'm not local. I've never been here before. And I took a wrong turning. But sure, I help you find water. Huh. <laughs> and so he helped me find water. And then afterwards, after, you know, he went on his way, I called him and I said, hey, Greg, thanks a lot for helping me find water. And he said, Tracy, the panniers you've got just draped over that western saddle aren't going to be good enough for the Rocky Mountains. I'll tell you what, I've got a sawbuck pack saddle. I'll bring it, bring it up to Santa Fe. But that was amazing because before I met him, um, in, in Texas, I've been riding through a town and these people said, um, why don't you put a ho your horses in the backyard and come to church? And I went to church. I wasn't dressed in riding gear. The, the, mm -hmm. the minister who'd come, I think, from somewhere else didn't know me. And he pointed at me and he said, when God made you, it's as if he had to make an extra stretch of angels. Because you've got such an active life, you're going into areas of danger, but the angels are going to go with you. They're going to protect you. They're going to see the assignment is done. Wow. And then another guy, he knew I was riding. He said, you've got two saddles, but when you get to Santa Fe, God's going to give you another saddle. Mm. So several weeks later, I meet this guy, and he brings up his pack saddle to Santa Fe. And you think, hey, God, thanks. I'm on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you have some stories I can't even imagine. Somebody's probably going to... Um, contact you and they should do a, a documentary movie about you because <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, this <laughs> oh, is yeah. You know, Gigi, this is, I thought, even before I thought, I hadn't been in the documentary before, but I thought, right, I'll just hire a filmmaker to, film, to, film, to be filmed. So they came five times, you know, oh, and I thought, yeah. I didn't know America much, but I thought, I guessed where the most scenic places were, were Big Bend, um, Monument Valley, um, the Rockies, the glacier. Right. And, oh, and the rodeo, um, rooftop rodeo in Estes Park. So I kind of wildly guessed that it would be good to have some film footage. And so I've got that pile of film, film footage and I haven't done anything with it. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I bet it's amazing. I bet it's amazing. That's kind of well, cool. That's a challenge in itself, isn't it? The film stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, yeah. It's completely different than still. Yeah. Now, uh, okay, so that's all pretty 
amazing stuff. But now, tell us just kind of percentages of where your income comes from. Greeting cards, calendars, and books, and, and talks. Is there one that dominates in terms of your income, or is it a little bit of each? Or I'd say it's like sections off into... So, I've got the Dartmoor market here, because I live, as I said, in the Dartmoor National Park in southwest England. So, this is where I began my business. So, I do postcards, greeting cards, calendars, magnets. And those go all over the world, probably, though, right? Yes, I have people ordering the calendars, you know, from all over the world. So, there's that part of the business. And then there's the greeting card business, which is more widespread because they're more general. Horses, equestrian, dogs, country, um, all the things that I love um, to take pictures of and spend my time with. Um, The greeting cards, they sell in New Zealand because I have my business in New Zealand as well. And they like my books and my greeting cards. And I am... I have got a books, a warehouse full of books and cards in Colorado. So when I was there last in uh, March, March, April, I did 20 talks in Colorado. And people love to buy books after they've heard something about the story. Yes, uh-huh. for sure. Yeah. Um, so I was quite busy and I enjoyed that. I enjoy meeting people Um and I did the talks to all sorts of groups, not not just horse groups, but, you know, um, lots of different groups. Do you have, like, your greeting cards in stores in New Zealand, uh, or, or do you distribute them? In New them? Zealand, yes. And in England, yes. And in America, I haven't quite cracked America yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to do that ourselves, so it's pretty hard. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, are, are you marketing on the internet for all of this, or is this other forms of marketing to get the it, people to hear and see and, and buy? Yeah, well, really, Peter, mostly I do it on the internet because um, I have my own website, and then they, people in America can buy from America, so it doesn't cost, you know, too much for postage so they buy okay. from the stock already in america and as in new zealand too um you know people in new zealand and australia they buy from my base in new zealand so do you have um, someone that that like if somebody orders a book in america then you they must be physically there and then you yes. have and then somebody ships them for you or yes oh okay okay yes i have a friend there um, in Colorado, who ships them out? Oh, great! Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so that that that's really good. Yeah, I was thinking actually, I had some invitations to come over the east side of America. We've just had an international Dartmoor pony convention, and a whole group of Americans who breed Dartmoor ponies on the east coast um, came huh. over, and they they said, "Oh, you must come and do some talks." And then I had some other people who read my books from Louisiana. And so I reckon that's probably a bit vaguely in the same direction. 
Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you're, that. <laughs> you're going a little south now. <laughs> when you're looking at a big map yeah. of North America, it's kind of vaguely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I find a lot of people from Europe have no idea how big America is. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are all within bi- bicycling distance of just, each other, it yeah, seems like. Just about. Yes, yes, yeah. in comparison. <laughs> yeah. I imagine when you were crossing Texas, you were going, oh my, this is bigger than I thought. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I did I did have these, like, you know, the, the bit of a teething problems. And I thought, my gosh, even getting to the north coast and, or north border of texas is a challenge let alone canada yeah (laughs) Yeah. exactly amazing just amazing let's talk about your equipment what do you shoot with um a nikon yeah d7000 i'm just pretty basic with equipment because especially when i sling it over the front of my horse you know, so I put it over the cantle. I thread it wow. through underneath the stirrup and over the cantle. So I have it right at hand. And so um, I can tell you where my horses took off a few times because uh. of encounters with um, wild animals. Um, once I was up in Montana, 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 mm. yeah. it, Montana. And I was, you know, camping back in the forest. These older couple came by and they said, oh, we can tell you're not from here. Come and ha- we've got English breakfast tea. Come and have an English breakfast tea. So I, in the morning, they reminded me again. And usually, you know, I tighten up the girth just before I get on. I tighten everything up. So I hadn't tightened everything up. And I went up to the hut and I was having English breakfast tea, which is very nice because I'm typically English with drinking tea. Mm-hmm. And um, because there were fires up around there, um, there were a lot of, you know, bears coming out of the forest. Mm. And my horses got scent of a bear, and they freaked out. And I, I hadn't secured them enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was just having my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and they took off. And I could see them unpacking themselves as they go. Oh boy! Oh boy! And and so did that. So you know, the, including the camera, huh? My camera was over the front of the saddle, and I hadn't done up the girth tight enough. And so I, I was running after them, and I got to this track, and I thought they probably would have gone back the way I came the day before. So I was running along this track, and then I met these outfitters, and they said. Oh, we thought you'd be like balled up over on the road somewhere. And I said, oh. well, have you seen horses? And they said, yes, they went that way. And he said, do you want the good news or the bad news first? And I oh. said, I only want the good news. And he said, well, the saddle was still on, but it was at a precarious angle. And I said, <laughs> oh, my camera. I hope it's not yeah. being kicked along the road. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I could see it hanging under the horse and just getting kicked it with every stride, you know. Well, that's a, you know, it goes through your imagination, doesn't it? You know, and and, yeah. and this outfitter said, "Okay, look, we'll help you catch up with them." And I was picking up stuff, you know, like saddle blankets and bits of my saddle bags and 
along the way. But fortunately, thank you, God, when I got to Smokey, because I had a breastplate and a cropper, yeah. the saddle had slipped, but it hadn't slipped all the way. Yeah. Because the cropper and the breast breastplate kept it vaguely Up on top. upright. Yeah. So my camera was still intact, but actually recently I did get another lens for it because, as uh, the cameraman said, you know, it, it was getting a bit wonky. It wasn't focusing very well. He says, when they've been bashed around a lot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Every few years, when they go through your lifestyle, <laughs> you need to get a new lens. So I treated myself. Um, what did you get? Um, I got really um, easy, easy one, 22 to 200. And that is really compact. It, it, it's only about four inches, uh-huh. and it's amazing. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a good way you know, to travel. Yeah. So really, mm. I just travel with that camera mm. and that lens. Mm. Wow, that's great. Now, do you have a tripod for scenics or anything like that, or not? She probably um, that's a lot of travel light. <laughs> no, no, you know what? I did travel with a tripod because. When I wanted to film myself and photograph myself, and I'm out in the what wops and I can't find anybody to teach how to take pictures on the spot, I put on a tripod and I've got 45 seconds to jump on my horse and get in position. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you know, funny. So I did. Tra- I do travel with a tripod. I think it was. Yeah, it was in Montana. That I did. I was. I was trotting along the road um, on the verge, and I think it rattled rattled loose and by the time I'd realized it wasn't there anymore I thought heck it could be anywhere somebody hopefully it went to a good home yeah (laughs) um but in places like you know Europe I'd always praying oh god I need somebody who's capable of taking a picture and when I was in um just in front of Borgos Cathedral, this huge cathedral in northern Spain, I actually met an American there, and I said, oh, do me a favor, can you take some pictures for me? And, you know, I showed him what to do, and I went round the square with the cathedral in the background, and I looked at the back of the camera, and I said, can you get the top of the cathedral in? And he said, I don't think I can. I said, yes, you can, if you tilt the camera up a bit. So we went around a few more times and we were laughing. The American and myself were laughing because Mm -hmm. we were having fun, you know, trying to get these pictures. And he did actually get the picture that made it to the back cover of the book. Oh, great. And then the front cover was um, in Italy in the Alps with Monte Bianco in the background. And I had a feeling when I was in southern Italy that the front cover of the book would be in the Alps. And I went up to this place, and I usually don't book him, but somebody booked me in in advance in this kind of jeet place. And I got there in the dark, and I thought, oh, I could have camped in the valley, you know, there'd be more grass down there. And um, I had to sleep with all these people, and I wasn't, you know, I'm just used to roughing it in a tent on my own with my horses mm-hmm. around me. So I was a bit like... Oh, but then I knew why, because in the morning they said, this is the first time in two weeks that we've been able to see Monte Bianco because of the weather. 
and there was an <clears> Italian there, and I said, oh, can you take some pictures? And I told him exactly what I wanted, and I came back and kept on checking. And he said, I've taken a hundred. I'm sure one would be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Now, is, that made... picture, is that the picture that we have on the uh, Europe Facebook book? page? Yes. With like you're kind of on an angle, and then yes. there's the mountain in oh, the back. Oh, that's fantastic! That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, the other ones were um, the Ireland one was I had my friend. Um, I met this Irish guy. I couldn't understand a word he spoke about because he was a real broad Cork accent, and mm. it took me a while. He kept on coming back because he loved the adventure, and. Um, he would, I'd get in tune, you know, with how um, he talked. Then Alison, who'd ridden New Zealand, she came over from Switzerland where she works, and she rode a bit. So she was riding one of my ponies. Then there's Jerry on his racehorse. And then there's the other Highlands that nobody's on because I should be on, but I'm taking the picture because I was using transparency then. There's a little more tricky with transparency. Like sure. when I arrived at the end of New Zealand at the very bottom and this was, you know, years ago, and there was a guy there with an SLR camera, and I thought, oh, great. He'll know how to take pictures. He took two and a half rolls, mm. and we eked out maybe one that wasn't too bad. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, so, hey, Tracy, <laughs> do you blog about all these things as they're happening? or um, How do, do people know where you are? I do have a blog on my um, website, uh-huh. and and then also I do a bit of Facebooking, not as much as everybody else in the world, I'm sure, but um, it all but depends. So that's a, people can follow you on your adventures? Is that uh, That's what I'm getting at. Yes, yes. Because you make depends. all these unusual connections, you know. Yes, that's great, because it all depends if I'm in places with... Um, reception, you know, whether I can get sure. online, but I try, I try like at least once a week when I'm on in my adventures to update, you mm-hmm. know, my story. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Right. So, and then what's the best place for people to reach you? Uh, do you want to go ahead and give us your website? Oh yes. Thanks. Thanks, Peter. It's, um, www, of course. And then it's, Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T, Reap, R-E-E-P, dot com. Okay. So Great. it's my name with no, with no dashes, all in lowercase, dot com. Tracy, Elliot, Reap, dot com. Great. Yes. And when is your, ne- when is your next uh, adventure. big adventure, like out of England? Are you planning one or? Oh, I've got some in the pipeline, but I really would like to get the documentary people interested. In, yeah, yeah. Because I just think it's just that it make great stories, you know, because I could do some sure. um, filming with those, that GoPro thing that I'm thinking of getting. Yeah. And mm. some interviews at, you know, campsite, interview myself at campsite and, and things. So I think they'll make colorful stories because they make great colorful books yes. you know with my still photography so um so that's what i'm 
I'm pushing towards, and I have been contacting the BBC. Oh, yeah, they would do a great job with that. They are the best document. Yeah, it's just getting the right... It's, it's getting the right producer, you know, that, that clicks. Yes. Who catches Have you, uh, you, you've tried NPR as well, I hope. No. In the, in the U.S. It's called National Public Radio. Oh, they do thank a lo- you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, check them out. They do a lot of documentaries, too. But there's a, a lot of small film documentary people out there that um, are always looking for a good story, and then they... They do the stories and then they go to these film festivals and then they kind of get judged. And if they if if it turns out really well, they get quite the coverage. So, right. oh, brilliant! Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I would oh, think I'll if I hear of anyone, I'll certainly send them your way. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I may, maybe that. the podcast, maybe the podcast will bring you. Some yeah, that's true. If- yeah. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll be uh, launching in September, and uh, for all of the people listening today, we appreciate your time with us and with Tracy Elliott Reap um, and talking about her adventures and her extremely unique business model. We are at equinephotographerspodcast.com, and... We're also on iTunes, and if you'll leave a review, we'd appreciate it. Um, Gigi, do you have anything you want to say? No, just that, you know, be sure you do leave a review and a comment on iTunes because that helps us find more amazing people like Tracy to interview so that we can learn all kinds of business and people doing, you know, unique things um, in photography today. So, yeah, please leave us a review and Thank you, Tracy, for, for sharing your stories. They're amazing. They're just amazing. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I cannot it's wait to... fun to share yeah. with, with you both. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more stories to come in the future. So maybe we can talk again sometime. Sure. That's sure. a great idea. I yeah. think we'll want to do that. We'll, we'll definitely so. want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so, for getting in touch with me as well. Yeah. You're welcome. I appreciate welcome. that. Okay. Okay, goodbye, you both. Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, that was lots of fun, wasn't it? Oh, man, she's amazing. She is absolutely (laughs) amazing. I I just can't believe what she does. I'm really blown away by, you know, her determination and the way she even turns that adventure into the books and the cards and the calendars. And, oh, she's amazing. That's that's something else. Well, that was a fun interview. Yeah, it so. was fun. Kind of break up the the regular old businesses and throw in a, an yeah, adventure. Yeah, there's not too many people that would do a business model like her. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just amazing stories. Yeah. Well, she there might connect. be some upcoming young photographers that would love to try this. And, you know, now they get an idea of, you know, they could buy her books and see what it's all about. So. Well, and, and then the other thing is, since, since she blogs about these adventures, you know, she has people meet up with her in strange places, and yeah. somebody could ride with her for a couple of days. Yeah, that would fun. be. Yeah, that would be great for her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was fun. This was a fun interview. So, okay. Well, thank you, listeners, and uh, we'll see you later. And hope you'll uh, subscribe to our iTunes uh, thing and. That's all we have for today, right, Gigi? That's it. So we'll see you uh, in the next interview. Yep. Thank you. Bye.
Thanks for joining us for the Equine Photographers Podcast. We hope that you were inspired to grow and improve as an equine photographer by listening today. Join us for the next episode to learn, grow, and be inspired as we interview some of today's outstanding equine image makers.